and welcome to Queen Bees, where two 80s babies that drink, curse, and tell it like it is, are here to inspire, encourage, and empower others. No candy coating here, with the occasional cursing and lots of laughs. I am Tina, and I like white rum, true crime, and a good time. I'm Lisa, and I love riding my Harley, traveling the world, and a damn cold drink in my hand. Welcome back to Queen Bees. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we get into today's episode, which is going to be about anxiety and depression, if this is not something that you can handle listening to, feel free to skip over We will not hold it against you. We just want to share our experiences and what has helped for us in order to help someone else out. So let's get into it. What did you do this week? What's new? I got all my plants in my garden. And then I got some plants... uh, in the new spot where they did some of the gravel for the driveway, where they, well, where they didn't put gravel. Yeah, I think I saw you had some different colored lilies. Are you going to uh, put something around those? Because I know the deer can really be interested in eating those on you. I don't know yet. Thinking about it, because my husband said the same thing, and... I don't want them to disappear. I did do uh, pink, yellow, and orange for the Asian lilies. And then two different hydrangea bushes. One will have just white flowers. And another one will have start out white and then go to pink. Very cool. Well, I took a... It's called Women's Empowerment, but I think it should definitely be more of a self-defense like they should retitle it self-defense or something of those lines like women's self-defense or something like that because it is a women's only class um just to help more women feel more comfortable in attending something like that yeah um it was awesome i love 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 loved it i would highly recommend any person man woman teenager who is um wants to know just like the basics it's very like 101 basics on how to defend yourself and how to be more aware and alert of your surroundings and then if someone does come at you like what's the best way to defend yourself um we went over home defense we went over like basic pistol and revolver um like how to's and what not to do and things like that so some of it was kind of a We'll say refresher for me because obviously I already have guns and things like that. But as far as the home defense and the actually um, like defending yourself against uh, an attacker was so cool. Um, they showed us a couple of really neat like jujitsu moves. Um, and then the other gentleman who was there uh, is actually ex-military and he has spent like a huge chunk of his life overseas. So he's been in a lot of crazy situations and even once he's out of the military he still did like body he like professional bodyguarding and bouncing and things like that and this isn't like joe's pub bouncer like this is like super 
like he has had some elite missions and things like that. So he had a lot of neat like tips and tricks. Also showed us how to like get out of zip ties, how to get out of handcuffs, uh, how to get out of duct tape if your like legs or arms and things are taped up. So a lot of that was very interesting to see uh, and learn. I had a blast in it. My body is quite bruised and sore after all of that. But, I mean, if you were actually, offend, you know, defending yourself against an attacker. Right, you're going to have some bumps and bruises. Right, and everything was taken very slow, very much so broken down. They give you step by step. I'm like, if this happens, how you should handle it. Um, if you have kids at home, how you should get them out of the house, you know, in the case of an intruder or things like that. Um, and then we live in the state of Wisconsin, so we have what's called, like, the Castle Doctrine. So... The def they gave us like the actual definition of it and they kind of broke it down and explained like what's okay and what's not okay when it comes to defending your home and informed us that defending your property as in like a vehicle does not count. So for example, if you are getting done with work and you're walking to your car and you see somebody jacking your car, you're actually not allowed to like Start some shit. Right. You're actually just supposed to let them steal the car and take pictures and report it. You can't, you know, you can't shoot them, you know, with your gun. Or if you have something that you are trying to defend yourself with, you actually don't have the right to attack them. You can't right. defend property. But completely different scenario if they come into your house. Whether they have a weapon or not, um, they've entered your home without your permission. So that was, I mean, I already knew what the castle doctrine was, but I honestly did not know that you couldn't like defend your car to, I mean, I wouldn't like shoot somebody in the back or anything just cause they were trying to take your car. But I just mean like in general, they actually said like, don't even approach the person. Don't try to talk them out of it because you could escalate this situation so much further. They could kidnap you, whatever, whatever. So they're like, actually just let them take it. Some people's initial response, a lot of people in the class were like, Hey, 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 stop, stop, stop. And they were like, nope, just let them take it. I was like, oh. Well, I learned something new today. Right. Did you do anything else cool this week? No, that took up, like, all of my time. Well, I shouldn't say that. I did come home and show the kids a couple of really cool things I learned in the class. They thought it was cool as shit. I ha so I, sh I, I did, like, one-on-one -on -one gun safety with them, which in my house for their ages is that they are never to touch them. In case of an emergency, like, let's say their friend goes into my room and they find one, which ours are locked up, but you never, ever, ever know. Like, maybe my husband just got back from duck hunting and he's unloading the truck, so he set it on the deck for just those, like, 30 seconds right. while he's unloading the truck and his friend comes by and grabs it. Um, and I was, so we kind of went over situations like that where you tell your friend, like, just put it down. Like, don't even try to take it from them. Don't even have them hand it to you. They are to set it down, keep your finger off the trigger at all times, no matter what. Um, set it down, get an adult. If for some reason um, there's no adult around, no adult home, like our kids are getting to that age where they're allowed to be home for a little bit once in a while. Um, in that case, you know, rather than leaving it sit in the middle of the floor where you guys are still playing, they're supposed to put it on the kitchen counter and no one is supposed to touch it in any way, shape, or form. Um, so just kind of stuff like that. But then the really cool thing that we did with them is they showed us some home defense things and, um, essentially how to like clear your house. So like, let's say in the middle of the night, you hear somebody break down the door, break, break a window or whatever. And you, you, you grab your gun and you go to like, see kind of what's going on. 
You don't just like run out like, who's here? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Like that's like the worst thing you could do. You actually are supposed to be as quiet as possible and actually like clear your home. Or if you know, like, okay, so let's just say you can clearly hear them fumbling around in the kitchen and no one should be there. Um, get out of the house. And if you have kids like I do, how to very discreetly um, clear your home, which means to like go through room by room, checking to see where, you know, your perpetrator is or things like that. And in my situation, my first step would be to protect my children. So how to like get upstairs to them, get them up and have them follow me out of the house. So they thought that was pretty cool. Cause essentially like once you get your kids, you kind of have them follow you like a train, but they stay behind you and you teach them to like check behind us once in a while so I did it like it was a full-on game like we went and we got some nerf guns and I was clearing rooms and I was like check my six check my six and like obviously if there was an intruder we wouldn't be this loud and obnoxious but it made them think that this was just like the coolest thing ever we did multiple scenarios where like if someone broke in and we were in the living room what would we do someone broke in and we were in my bedroom watching a movie what would we do someone broke in in the middle of the night and they're sleeping in their own separate rooms and I'm downstairs what would we do so we did a couple different ones and they just thought it was hilarious. And they also get to practice and like, not trick me, but test me, I guess I should say. Um, so it's their job to kind of watch behind us. It, there shouldn't be anyone behind us because I've been clearing everything and checking it as we go. But you never know. People are moving. What if they like circle the house and come in a different door? There's multiple intruders. So they're supposed to watch from the back and they're supposed to tap me. So then I'm actually supposed to reach around, swoop them like, you know, do a quick turn with them back there and, you know, still have my gun drawn and whatever, whatever. So they thought this was just like the funniest thing ever. And there was a couple of moves too, where they show, they showed us like how to physically get away from an attacker. So like, let's say someone's choking you, some moves and things that you can do and ways that you can, um, either get away or put some space between you and your attacker. So we were choking around with the kids and the kids were like, mom, we can't wait to choke you. Yay. <laughs> I mean, obviously no one's literally getting choked, but it was, um, it was just, we made it fun and games. Well, that sounds very awesome. And I can't wait for you to show me all of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's get into it. Now, we are not medical professionals. This is just what has worked for us. And if you feel that you need medical attention, please seek a professional. Also, do not try anything that may affect your health without consulting a professional first. I will start with letting you know that I have had anxiety and depression for the last seven years. I've tried several different medications and techniques and over these seven years there's been several years where I haven't been on any kind of prescription medication there's been times where I have been on medication and I've really learned how to cope and manage it so that I can continue on with my day-to-day -day life of being a wife and a mother and working. I started out, I guess my first, we'll say, episode or incident was I got the baby blues after having both of my children. 
Um, <clears throat> after I had my first one, I just denied it and I just said like everything was fine. Like even when the doctor asks you like how are you doing and you, you fill out their little questionnaires, like I know what the right answer is, so I just marked the right answer. Um, don't do that. Don't yes. be stupid like me. <laughs> don't lie to your medical professional. They can't share that shit with anyone anyway, not even your spouse. Well, and I feel like mine was so minor with my first child that I really just swept it under the rug and blew it off. Like, it wasn't a big deal. Like, everyone feels a little bit of weirdness after having a kid because you're going through all these things, so it's no big deal. It wasn't until I had my second kid and I got it quite a bit worse that I realized, like, something is wrong here. Like, this is not right. I shouldn't be feeling like this. Um... And having my significant other support me was huge for me. He was super, super understanding about it. And actually, he didn't bring it up or point it out or make it a big deal. He waited until I admitted it. And then he was so sweet. He was like, I know. It's okay. I'm here for you. Just tell me what you need from me. I love you. That sort of thing. And I just thought that that was wonderful. Um, it makes the world of difference than having someone tell you, suck it up or get over it, especially when you finally come to terms with how you're really feeling. Um, so that for me was the first thing. I was fortunate enough in both of those instances. I did not, I mean, like I said, my first one, I didn't tell anybody about it. I just, I sucked it up, I guess we'll say it. Like I said, not good terminology, but I got over it. I moved on. I guess I was able to handle it on my own, we'll say. And then in the second situation, by the time I finally admitted it to my physician, I want to say the baby was already like, I don't even know, maybe four months or going on six months maybe. And even that at first, I kind of just told myself, like, it's getting used to having two kids. And, and then finally one day it was like, I literally just like flipped my shit because I didn't make dinner right. Like, you can't be that hard on yourself when you're trying to like raise two kids and keep a clean house and like... It's not like I burnt it and I ruined it. Literally just like the meat was done before the noodles or something. And I just like, I mean, lost it. Like just bawled like a little girl over something so so ridiculous. I think that was my first one. And it wasn't just that I cried. It was like literally how I felt inside. Like I felt worthless. Like I can't even make dinner right. Oh my God. You know? So then it was after that. So maybe, I don't know, Avery was maybe three or four months, would you say? I feel somewhere in there. Um, and then I finally admitted it to the doctor and they were like, oh, well, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Do you want to talk to somebody? You know, and they had, they said that we could go the medication route if I wanted to try that. And I was like, honestly, I feel like, you know, they say admitting it is the first step. And I feel like that's so true because rather than keeping it inside, once I admitted it and I could talk to my significant other and I talked to my sister a lot too, just talking and like letting things go and having people assure you that they're there for you and They'll help in any way that they can and that the way that you're feeling is okay. It's okay to have bad feelings about yourself, but you do need to understand you don't need to feel that way. And there's there's other things that you can do. So I had the support system, so I was able to kind of move on uh, on my own support. We'll say without medication and things like that. Um, so that was my first sort of, I guess eye-opening moments to how anxiety and depression can affect your life. Yeah, it can show up in several different ways. 
Some of my symptoms are complete withdrawal from people, including my husband and kids, not wanting to get out of bed, calling in sick to work. Um, I also have social anxiety, so I have a hard time going out to do things with people, especially if I don't know them. Once I do get to know people and I'm comfortable around them, then my social anxiety isn't too bad, unless it's something that we're doing that I've never done before. Then I still have like that, that racing heart, knots in the stomach, because I, I don't feel prepared. Whereas I run every single possible scenario through my head so that if the worst thing ever does happen, I am prepared. And mine started after my son turned three. My husband was a huge support system, but did bring it to my attention that I was taking too many naps during the day and not like picking on me like you're not getting anything done around here. Just I've really noticed a change in you. You seem to sleep later. You seem to take more naps. You're getting kind of distant with the kids, distant with me. You don't really do anything with anyone anymore. So then I started opening up to him about some of the things that were going on in my mind. And he suggested that I go into the doctor and talk to them. And of course, their first response is obviously talk therapy, which can help for a lot of people just talking through it and doing those kinds of things, which I did do for a while. It did not help me. Just doing talk therapy did not help me. So I ended up going on medication and it took me over like nine month period to find one that actually worked. And then I was on it for like three years. And then I was starting to turn into a zombie. Like I could still do everything and function, but I really didn't give a shit about anything. Like, I didn't care if the laundry was done, the dishes were done, nothing. So my husband brought that to my attention as well, and I went back in, and we decided, my physician and I, to go off medication for a while and try some other techniques and remedies like yoga and reading and more me time things like that to clear your mind, let out your frustrations and stress, whether it's going golfing or playing some basketball or riding a bike, something that you do by yourself for yourself. And that's why we're also such huge advocates for personal time and taking care of yourself so that you can continue to take care of others. Absolutely. I have, I currently am diagnosed with anxiety, and that didn't happen until about two years ago. Uh, again, I... Okay, so I'm going to tell everybody this in total truth here. I have a hard time talking about some of this stuff because I like to... I don't want to say portray this image that everything is fine, but I also don't want to be seen as that person that's like a whiny baby either. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So sometimes I think that that's a little bit of my personality that I just keep things in naturally. Like even if I'm out in public or out with friends or doing something and people say something I don't always agree with or don't like, more often than not, I keep my mouth shut unless it's something that's like seriously inappropriate. But that's just my personality. And that got me into some trouble a couple of years ago because rather than standing up for myself and speaking up for myself, I just allowed people to treat me like shit. And it finally came to a head when, um, I was, I was out at, I think my father-in-law's house or something like that. And people were kind of giving me a hard time for, uh, I had recently gotten, um, a Rottweiler puppy and they were giving me a hard time about how that's such a dangerous breed and you have kids and what were you thinking? And, you know, the person that I am now would be like, what do you fucking care? It's my dog back on, like mind your own business. But the person I was then I would just hold it all in. And like, there were several of them that I, people I didn't even know were over there just kind of saying stuff like that. And it made me feel very uncomfortable. And one thing led to another. And I just, I just started feeling more and more and more uncomfortable and instead of leaving, I stayed because, you know, we were, we were at my husband's dad's house and I didn't want to be rude and leave, you know, because other people's feelings and making other people feel better was more important to me then. And I finally just, all of a sudden I realized like, I don't feel so good. Like my heart feels like it's like fluttering or skipping a beat or not beating correctly. And then that was the first thing I noticed. And then I was like, it's really hot in here. And then I was like, it just kept getting more and more. And finally I started like thinking I was having a panic attack. I called my sister and I was like, I know she has had episodes before. So I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like my heart is racing, but I'm like checking my pulse and it's really not like I'm counting it, but it's, it feels like it's not beating right. It's almost like beating really fast, but like missing beats. And I feel almost like sick at this point. I'm starting to like pant a little bit and I'm sweating even though it's not that hot out. And, um, she felt that I was actually having uh, an anxiety attack. So shortly after that happened, I was like, okay, it's probably about time I go talk to a professional because that's not healthy. And it was so awkward and uncomfortable. And then it just made me feel even worse. Like, oh my God, are people looking at me? Like what's going on? And what if this, what if it's not an anxiety attack or what if it is? And then I have another one while I'm driving next time and I black out because it was literally like you could see stars or spots or blacks, whatever you want to call it. Like your even my vision was goofy. And I was like, I just can't take the chance that I'm driving that I hurt somebody or my kids are in the car. So I went and I talked to a professional and she also, um, she said, yeah, it sounds like you had an anxiety attack and uh, prescribe me some anxiety medication. She started me out on like the lowest dose that there is, um, just to kind of like wean me onto it and see how things go. And I can honestly say like within a few weeks, I feel like you don't notice like when it happens, but like a month goes by or two months go by. And all of a sudden you realize like, I haven't felt that way in a while. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, so absolutely. I felt like it was working really well for the, and this was, I'm going to say three years, three years ago or so that this happened, four years ago that this started. So I would say I was on it for about two years at the lowest dose. And then 
just in talking to her, it was like a super stressful time. It was like Christmas, everything else going on. And um, I was kind of having a few of those old feelings. And she's like, well, you've been on it for a little bit. Let's up you just a tiny bit more. Um, so I'm currently on like the second to lowest dose now. Um, but I've been there for, I'm going to say about two years now. And I, I can still feel the difference of what it was like before to what it's like now. And I... It's not a fix-all. You don't just feel better overnight. You're still going to have a bad day here and there. You're still going to have anxiety. And like I said, it's not a fix-all. But for the day-to-day -day or every couple of day incidents that I was feeling like I was very uncomfortable and having anxiety issues, most of that has really leveled off and is next to nothing. We'll be right back after a brief message about our sponsor. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is completely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need right at your fingertips and all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. But it just helps you manage and cope with it. It's not usually something once you've been clinically diagnosed with it that you just end up getting rid of. Even if you end up doing so great that you don't need medication anymore and you are feeling like you can cope on your own with other techniques, which I did for three years. I did yoga and was listening to podcasts and doing things like that and eliminating myself from certain situations like that, which would be another good thing to do. If you are feeling yourself getting extra anxious or uncomfortable at places, just remove yourself from that situation. That alone could slow down or stop your panic attack or anxiety attack or some of those rushing feelings that you're having that start to seem to take over your body. But over last year, I was extremely burdened with stress with all of the COVID crap and still having to work full time, yet my kids were being homeschooled because we were doing virtual school because the school shut down. They were struggling. I felt like a failure as a mother because I couldn't leave my job to stay home and help them with it. And it took us quite a while to figure everything out and get it under control. And after so long, I just didn't even want to be around people again, anywhere, not even friends. And I went back to the doctor, told her what was going on, that I think I need to go back on something because I just hate everybody in the world and they all suck donkey balls. And I could care less if everybody fucking dies. Pretty much feeling. Which is definitely not a good feeling. No, you don't want to just hate every person that you see, especially if you don't know them. Like, I didn't want to interact with anyone, which is not a healthy thing either. 
my dosage is not that high this time around, but that's something else I do want to bring up that you could go through maybe six, seven different types of medications before you figure out what actually works for you. So do give it time. Like I said in the very beginning, it took me nine months to even find one that worked. Now I'm on something completely different because I also didn't like some of the side effects from my previous medications, which I brought up with her. So we're trying something completely different this time. I've been doing great now for six months. My anxiety is minimal and my depression is completely under control, in my opinion. I do have bad days, but not where I was, which was thinking I'm a failure as a mother, a wife. What is my purpose of even being here? No, I have never tried to commit suicide. And if you are thinking about committing suicide, please call the suicide helpline. They will talk to you, be a support system for you. But I have had those kinds of thoughts. So reach out. Speak to someone. There's multiple different resources and we'll have all those links in the show notes for you. Or if you know someone that may need those resources, share it with them. Also, if you do know someone that has anxiety or depression, just listening to them and being a support for them is also a huge help. Knowing that you're not alone, that no matter how you're feeling, how crazy and stupid it may sound when you say it, that they still love you, they care for you, and they just want you to be okay and mentally healthy and safe. Definitely. I also think like the signs and symptoms for everyone can be a little different. Um, but mine personally, some of the things that I, I feel like I should have noticed a little sooner, um, for me personally, and I still do this once in a while when I, um, I can tell I'm, I'm anxious in a situation, but it's not like out of control. Uh, I do the bouncy leg thing. So like kind of like lift your heel. Yeah. You lift your heel off the ground just a little bit and you just like bump, 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 bump. Um, that's one. But it's also something that, like, if I've had a shit ton of coffee, I can also do. So, okay, just because you had three cups of coffee today does not mean that you have anxiety. Right. (laughs) So you have to know the difference. And mine is more so, it's very difficult for me to explain, but it's this feeling inside. And it's, it's not like my heart hurts or that I'm having any kind of physical pain. It's more of this, like, emptiness. Well, for me, it's like I can literally feel this weird feeling inside of my chest, like literally like right in the center. Like, again, it's it's so Kind of like acid reflux? I don't know. It's not like a burning or anything. It's just this weird like churning and, or there's not, I mean, I know that there's organs in there, but it's not something like where your stomach would be rolling or anything like, it's not like where your stomach is. It's literally But like, it's kind of like rolling when you have an upset stomach. So like in the... Indigestion in your chest type yeah. feeling. I feel this weird, and I don't want to say fluttery because it's not like awesome first time you feel a baby move fluttering, and it's not like, oop, might have to take a shit soon fluttering. 
but it's just this weird feeling and I actually feel it like rising and right like the more uncomfortable I get the more it rises and it becomes more um pertinent more oh, I'm more aware of it more aware of it and like now that I know certain things like I'll try to walk away from the situation take a couple deep breaths sometimes it's not a big deal and I I'll just tell myself like you're getting worked up about nothing um that kind of thing but sometimes you know maybe you're just in a situation that you don't belong being in maybe you're hanging out with the wrong people maybe you do just need a little bit of alone time like stop going to the 300 events going on at Christmas time you don't have to be there everywhere with everybody you know I'm not saying curl up in your bed for three days and don't leave but I'm also you know not saying that right. don't push yourself too hard Right. This is your body. It, it's talking to you, whether you realize it or not. Right, and if you don't understand what's going on, talk to someone else about it. I know a lot of people don't actually understand about anxiety and depression, and a lot of people don't know what to say back. But like I said, if you just say, you know, I really just need to get this off my chest, let it out, and talk to someone, you don't have to have any answers for them or you can tell the person if you're the one that has the anxiety and depression, I don't need any answers or I don't need you to fix it. I just need to let it out before this canister explodes. Right. So that you can release some of that tension and pressure and get some things out verbally through talk therapy. And isolation is not the same as solitude. So no, isolating yourself from other people is not healthy. Hiding in your bed or your home or becoming a complete hermit and just avoiding everyone and every situation isn't going to help you because then you're going to feel, you're just going to feel the same but in a different place. And I'm also not saying that, you know, if you've had some traumatic event or a really bad, you know, a horrible, horrible week or month or just one thing after another goes wrong and you just need to close yourself in your bedroom and be left alone for a little bit. I'm not saying that that's bad or that means that you have anxiety or depression by any means because I absolutely had like a horrific and I mean horrific vacation quote unquote. <laughs> um, I'll tell you that story later, but it was literally like one of the worst case scenarios, like situations I'd been in my life. And when I finally got home after all the chaos that happened, I just was like, I don't even want to leave my bedroom right now. I just want to, like, curl up in a little ball and cry for five seconds here and, like, let it all out and move past all of this. And it was just a terrible, shitty situation. And But I didn't lay in bed for days. It was more just, like, I needed to just woosah for a little bit, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> unwind, relax, be in your own space, get over everything, and move on from it. And, and maybe yoga is that for some people. I'm just not a big yoga person. Wait, but so. some of your me time is just relaxing in bed, watching one of your favorite shows and sipping a glass of wine. And I still wanted to be around my kids and everything. Like, literally, I was like, all I want is for my kids to come snuggle me in bed. And I even just told them that. Like, hey, mom just had, like, a horrible experience. I just need a couple hugs with, or hugs and kisses. Would someone come watch a movie with me in my bed? I just want to relax. And my daughter did. She was like, she didn't want to watch what I wanted to watch. So she read a book while she just laid with me. And we just, you know, we just hung out. And just the snuggling alone, like, makes me feel better. Yes, hugs. Give someone a hug. 
Just let them know they are a hugging person. I do have a friend who is not a hugging person. Like, it literally makes them feel more uncomfortable. So keep that in mind. Wait, ask them if they would like a hug or if they would like to talk or go for a cup of coffee or a cocktail or just watch a movie together or or if they just want you to just come over and sit there in silence. Sit, yeah, sit there with them. Sometimes it's it may be weird to you, but the comfort and support that you are giving as someone that doesn't have anxiety and depression really does help that person that does have it because sometimes they do feel like they're just in a black hole and they're being devoured and they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel and when you reach out to them then they see that light then they feel like they can maybe open up to you and use you as a support system and keep in mind if if you're the person who's realizing that someone, maybe friend, family member, whomever, might have anxiety or depression, don't poke at them and push them and try to get them to admit it. It might make them do the exact opposite and try to hide it even more. Yeah, just revert more and then possibly I commit suicide. So I'm speaking from experience. If a lot of people, if my husband had just pointed out, you know, What's your problem? What's your problem? Like, get over it. Get over it. I feel like it would have made it a lot worse. But him waiting for me to come to terms with it and then supporting me was huge. Right. So some some things that you could do if you're noticing is asking them to go for a cup of coffee so you can just spend time and talk with them. You don't have to even, like, bring it up. Just try to, like, spend some time with them and be like is everything okay is there anything you do want to talk about is there anything you know going on in your life just the basic normal conversation starters that don't say hey you know you look really fucking depressed lately and I think you should go to the doctor no definitely don't be doing that kind of stuff and you could even talk to your own doctor and ask for tips or suggestions and just say hey I have this friend, and I'm getting concerned about them. I'm not sure how to approach this situation because I don't want to make it worse or um, whatever, whatever. But they might have suggestions as well. Absolutely. You could also... I don't know. I'm sh Maybe you could call the suicide helpline, even if you're not suicidal. And maybe talk to them, saying that, you know you know someone that you think might have suicidal tendencies or severe depression and you don't know how to help them, I will do a little more research on that. Um, and if, if for sure you can do something like that, I will have that in the show notes as well, as well as a bunch of other resources for those of you that may actually have anxiety and depression or if you're questioning if you have anxiety and depression even if it's just a few of the symptoms and you're thinking that you might definitely talk to your doctor ha go in there let them know how you're feeling what those feelings are what your body feels like physically like Lisa said you know our hearts racing she started feeling hot and temperature wise sweaty you know, anything like that, and they will definitely figure out what's going on with you.
And please, for the love of God, do not post anything on social media. And this is not a conversation to be had over text message. No, face to face. For the love of God, do not do that. I mean, if you want to schedule, like, a couple coffee date to, like, talk to them via text message, I'm not saying that, but... Yeah, what we're saying is, don't post on social media, like, yeah, I just found out my best friend has severe depression. Well, now they're not going to want to talk to you about anything, because you just blasted all their information to the public when they had a hard enough time trying to tell you. Right. Like, yeah, so don't go out asking for advice, like, how can I help them, or things like that, especially if they haven't told you. You know what I mean? Because then they're really going to feel uncomfortable. So, like, for example, let's just say, like, I posted, like, hey, my friend's been acting really weird. I really think they have severe anxiety and depression, and I don't know how to approach it. What do you suggest? But I know my sister is having a really hard time like that. They're going to read that. My sister's going to read that and go, oh, my God. Right, and then I'm going to be like, well, now I can't tell her anything. She just blasted all my information everywhere that I didn't want anyone else to know about. So now I don't don't have a support system, and you feel even more alone as the person that has anxiety and depression. You don't want them to feel alone. Right. I'm just thinking along the lines, too, like, Don't message somebody like, hey, I noticed you're like super depressed lately. Like, what's your problem? Or, hey, you seem really down in the dumps. You know, if if you're, I mean, don't get me wrong. If your friend's just having a bad day, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about maybe somebody you've been friends with for quite some time. and, And more recently, you can't get them to go out with you anymore. They're always tired. They can barely, you know, get through work and things like that. I'm talking more of like. Uh, something that's looking to be a serious problem, not just somebody who had a bad day and asking them why they had a bad day. There's a big difference. Absolutely. Some other things that you could talk to your doctor about trying would be yoga, essential oils. Uh, what else was there? For me personally, I just, no, not for me. Essential oils are not there for me at all. And, like, yoga, I, I just don't like it. I feel more Wait. annoyed doing it. <laughs> well, you have to find what actually works for you. Um, But also maybe changing up your diet, too. Maybe eating less sugars. You know, some of those more homeopathic remedies have worked for some people. So if it is something that you are interested in, instead of just jumping on the medication bandwagon because that's not what you believe in there are other things besides just talk therapy definitely start out with some talk therapy and maybe some meditation or yoga or something that you find that calms you and that could be one of those hit workouts you you like those high intensity workouts and that's something that really helps you then then do that instead of yoga or like i said basketball or Go for a walk with your dog or meet a girlfriend or your boyfriend or guy friend for a cup of coffee every Wednesday after work. Uh, 
a quieter nature walk, you know, if you want something that's just a little bit more chill and relaxing, as long as it's not like freezing fucking cold outside, because then that's just pissed me off. But even working out, I, I rather enjoyed working out, even sometimes if I was doing it and it was physically demanding that I'm going to be totally honest. Sometimes I'd look at that bitch in the screen and be like, fuck you, you do it more. You're just standing there talking, you know, <laughs> but I will totally say when I was all done and like I would shower up and everything, I did feel more awake and like lively for the day. And you don't have to go like hardcore workouts or anything. Maybe you want to just do a walk or a run or go, go to the fishing. gym or yeah, well, go fish. I don't care. Go golfing. Go hang out with your good guy buddy if you're a guy or your girlfriend if you're a girl or or if your best friend is a guy and you're a girl and vice versa however you hang with whoever you hang with just get some of your own me time in if you don't know what that is go back to episode four on love yourself and find out what you feel makes you feel the best for your personal time for yourself so that you can be there for others. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's pretty much everything I have because like I said, we're not medical professionals. We're just sharing some things that have helped us. There is lots and lots of different symptoms but if any of the things that we have said today sound like something that you have had or that you're noticing in someone else, definitely take your own butt to the doctor and talk to them and maybe start doing some research if you're noticing someone else that hasn't come to you yet on how to approach them or how you should Respond when they do approach you about it so that you can be a good support system for them. And I have the challenge this week, and it is to tell yourself every day that you matter and are loved. Go to the dollar store, go grab a pack of sticky notes if you don't have any, or go to Walmart or Target or Costco or wherever you shop if you want those nice bright colored ones instead of just the plain yellow ones. Put that note on your bathroom mirror, your fridge, your door to your home, your TV, your coffee pot, the cabinet you use the most, and everywhere else that you can think of. So every time that you walk past or use one of those things, you see this note that you matter and you are loved. And if you don't want to do it yourself, see if you have a friend or a significant other that's willing to do it. But put them places where, not you have to go searching for them, but like, maybe they put it in your fr in the fridge on your lunch for the next day. You know, if it's your significant right. other. Or it's if somebody you work with, they put it on your work desk. Or, you know, your significant other or your friend, maybe your roommate, they put it in your car and your steering wheel or your dashboard. To just kind of, like, surprisingly get one or two or five or ten throughout the week. And maybe they'll even hide one in your Tupperware cupboard so you find it in a month from now. <laughs> and then you'll be like, that's right, I matter and I'm loved. Because you do matter and you are loved. Well, thanks so much for chiming in with us today. We are looking forward to hearing if you guys have any thoughts, comments, cares, concerns. 
let us know and we love to hear from our listeners. You can email us at queenbeespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Queen Bees Podcast. You can also join our Facebook group at Queen Bees Rep Session. We are also on Instagram and TikTok.